So we're back with Game of Thrones. I know how excited you both are. I'm excited. I'm James? excited. James, are you excited? I'm overcoming with excitement. I, I, overflowing. <laughs> oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a cheese refocus. Right, so let's, um, let's just get straight into it and talk about Game of Thrones Season 1, Episode 1, Winter is coming so the opening music i'm not gonna lie when that dropped and it's been what a year since it finished just over uh it gave me all kinds of feelings in my belly i mean it was awesome uh i didn't give me feelings in my belly but i definitely it helped get me hype i must admit a crack of lightning up my back and oh yeah shit we're doing this now yeah well (laughs) basically basically yeah it just Reminded me of season eight getting up ridiculously early in the morning before work and watching it and just sitting there with pure anxiety and excitement. It's just mm. awesome. Mm-hmm. And then, but now we've gone all the way back to season one. And uh, even the opening scene, we're north of the wall and we see Westeros. Just seeing all these places and knowing what's to come was, I know, it just felt pretty awesome. Yeah, definitely. And did you notice, or is it just me? with the opening sequence does it get longer as time goes on because of um like the new places that are introduced because you know it shows like everywhere yeah you yeah, see yeah. in the show but like as you get like different places i swear it gets longer but i don't know well, maybe that's just me i remember watching it the first time around and the first thing i thought was fucking hell this intro sequence is so yeah. long it's only endurance that it's ridiculous it actually annoys me separately by itself it's got its own little mantle in my game of thrones hatred it's a fucking title sequence. <laughs> but, yeah so <laughs> spoiler warning listener because it's a rewatch and we're just basically going to tell you if it's worth watching or not, we are going to talk about season eight especially in season mm. one because there's so many parallels and we'll get into them but mm. um yeah being back in westeros at the start, felt really good. It was like, I don't know, going back to a holiday that didn't feel real, but you actually went, you know? Uh, yeah. And then we get straight into that with the White Walkers. How did you feel about seeing the White Walkers this early, Tiff? Because we don't get much of them, really. I, to, to be honest, I've completely forgotten that this bit even happened and that we did see them this early. Um, uh, I've got a bit more to say about that bit. Okay later on but but yeah no it was it, it it's cool it throws you right in and you're like okay what you know who the fuck or what the fuck are these things you know so but straight away that, you're like you know you're, you're thrown the, into the horror sort of element yeah. of it and i think because season one watching it for the first time i was just so confused with all the storylines but then going back and watching it knowing what's happening it all makes much more sense mm. how do you feel about the white walkers james well it's good to bring them in. I mean, you got to get them off early. As you say, it does remind, well, it does remind me anyway, as you say, of the rewatch. Well, watching it the first time and just trying to work out how, what they are in the story, where they are. Are they just zombies? Are they just these things? I mean, it's very different on the rewatch when we look back at it to see that, you know, they were the first thing that we saw when we dropped in the Game of Thrones first, when we landed in this 
as you say, beautiful place into winter, the harshest winters, and there's zombies. And uh, yeah, yeah. Man. it's very strange. But then knowing because of obviously season eight disappointing completely mm. for everyone, and in some places for me or whatever. Even knowing what happens with the White Walkers and where it goes, it's still excited because now going back, I think spoiler they don't get past Winterfell in the end, but it was still worth it. Like even starting the build now, I think that particular story with that threat, I think was pretty good. So to see that journey unfold again, I'm quite excited about. Yeah, it. definitely. No, I agree with that. The only thing well, I would say with that though is it. I mean, as it is a rewatch, say it's going to be evolved in our discussions. It, it does just bring you back to they were the force to begin with, and they were always the first, as I said, the first thing that we saw. And then also then to see where it's going to become, and that this whole story is going to be great for the first six or so seasons, six seven seasons. It, it does end on a disappointing note, but it's great that you get them in there at the beginning. Yeah. Oh, well, I, th- I think parts of it mm-hmm. like. We get more into that when we meet the Night King further down the line. But in terms of the threat of the dead, is a thread all the way yeah. through it. I think it, I, I want to see it play out again, basically. Whereas yeah. as this episode went on, I started seeing other characters and was like, oh, man, like, just because I know it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't get satisfactory. But when there was a lot of stuff in it, which made me feel like, okay, I'm happy to rewatch this again. So then we get our first introduction to the Stark children. And Aya Stark is a fucking child, but she's still awesome from the start. Yeah, she is. She's and you like you learn right off that that she's not like you know her sister Sansa. She's clearly a tomboy, and oh, she's you know she's a tough nut, and she's good at she wants to wield swords, and she she's good at shooting arrows, and yeah, she's just awesome like right from the start. Yeah, it was is. nice seeing her again, and yeah, the fact that she's so tiny, like because she's just so like so little. She's still little, like, to oh be my fair. god, it's, it's yeah, well, she's, yeah, she's she is, tiny, but yeah. she's such a baby. They're all such babies. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas, um, her sister Sansa is again excited to see her journey, but I forgot how much of an absolute yeah, she's such a bell end. <laughs> like, oh my god. <laughs> Like she is so yeah. Every every, yeah. every time she's on the screen, it's just it's just infuriating. It really is. I just feel like oh, like give her some slack. Like, like she's learning to act, and that it was her first real acting job. She hasn't had a terrible amount since then, but that's a different story yeah, in itself. No, I suppose, and that just goes to show that she she's a good actress yeah. because she because you you don't like her at the so, beginning. Well, she yeah, is yeah. annoying. So exactly, she's playing a character. Yeah. Yeah, the, the character, yeah, and in the book as well. Not to be one of those in the book. I've only read the first book. She, she is like that. And what I noticed as well, and it might be the same for everyone with all the seasons, but because I have read the first book, this is sort of like, I don't know. It's you can sometimes you can tell they're like reading it line for line. Where yeah, maybe I shouldn't have read that book, but um, good though. I like that. I yeah. like that they they kept yeah, it. Yeah, and in terms of. Uh, Aya and Sansa, though, again, with knowing where they go, again, I'm happy to see that play out. I like where they go. I'm excited to see their journey. So, Nick, uh, I'll get to him in a minute. So, then we see little baby Jon Snow, who's 14 in the book, but clearly not 14 in this. He gets a dirty look from his stepmom because he's a bastard. But it was nice to see Jon Snow, and it was nice to see Jon a bit later on when he's talking to Uncle Benjamin about joining the wall 
And again, with how his story turns out, it's kind of like, okay, I'm sort of going to, I think I might find peace with that by the end. Obviously, we'll find out when we get there. But it was good mm-hmm. to see John and I'm excited to see his journey. Yeah. And just that men- mentioning that part of um, Uncle Benji, that's his name, isn't it, Benji? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the bit where, so did you notice where he says to, you know, I'm ready to take my vows or whatever, or my oath or whatever it is. Yeah, and um, he says, you know, you'll never, you know, if you really thought about this, you'll never have any children or anything like that. He says, I don't care about that. And then Uncle Benji looks at him and says, you might if you knew what it meant. Is yeah. that the foreshadowing or what? Because obviously, <laughs> like, the first time that I, when we, me and James were watching it and I actually paused it and I looked at James and I was like, oh, shit. I, obviously, the first time you watch it, you don't realise, you don't think nothing of it. But you think that's foreshadowing? Is it foreshadowing? Of course it is. And then we get, yeah. after, well, we there's more to come with foreshadowing with John, which is more disappointment, but that's in other episodes. So, <laughs> and obviously big brother Rob Stark, again, someone who I haven't seen in a while, handsome boy. Yeah, he was probably my favourite throughout the first early series. So I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing him again because his character is really well done all the way throughout. And uh, he got out before season eight, so. Yeah. <laughs> And then obviously we get young Brad. Oh, he's not anno- He's so annoying. Even when he can walk, he's such a little brat, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, but this is the obviously where yeah. Bran goes. I don't think that's not going to be redeemed because up until season six, Bran was probably my favourite story because it was a whole mystical story okay. and stuff like that. And obviously, a lot there's a lot of unanswered questions still with that. But so that's going to be quite disappointing. There's stuff obviously look forward to see with Bran, but mm. that that was one of the ones I was like, oh fuck's sake, I know where this is going, and I'm not yeah. sure to watch it, but we have to. Um, okay, so yeah, we're introduced to the Starks, and then, uh, so then I suppose he gets the Raven that Mister Baratheon and. The Lannisters are coming to yeah, see. Yeah, no, what's his face died? The hand of the king. Uh, yeah. Tommen? John a- There John you go, Aaron. John Aaron. Yeah. Aaron. John Aaron is has been poisoned by the Lannisters, and we see ja- Jamie Lannister. Let's talk about Jamie when you first see him. I know you meant to hate this guy, but I fucking love yeah. him. <laughs> so do I. He's just he's just the one, yeah. isn't he? He's just such a he reminds me of um what was that horrible film? Well that not horrible film, but pretty dreadful film with him in. He reminded me of his character in that. You know, he watched it a couple of weeks ago. Oh, what with oh, what with Jennifer no, Cameron Jennifer Diaz and oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah, we watched the woman, we watched the woman. Like, yeah. <laughs> he just reminded me of that. Yeah. <laughs> I saw him, I just couldn't get that film out of my head. <laughs> When Sarah put it on, I was like, I'm only watching this because Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he's even good in that. That's the worst thing as well. Was like, he's yeah, good yeah. in that film. Probably only a good part of that yeah. film. And then also Cersei as well, like off the bat, like absolute bitch. But I love Cersei all the way through Thrones. I know they're ending this disappointing. But again, looking forward to these yeah. two. She stays constant, which is always good for her. I saw, and also going back now, I think I already appreciate Jamie Lannister more. Yeah? I yeah, I do. Yeah. I do too. I don't know. I, yeah. He was one of my big vo- problems with season eight when we eventually got to it because he is great all the way throughout. It's... Well, yeah, you're going to you're gonna get to go on that journey. No, I'm going to try and ignore that one. I think I've run that one into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Jamie, I think I just love a rogue because obviously just coming off of Lost season one and being a fan of Sawyer. Yeah. I know. 
even though there's so much wrong about Jamie, mm. like he fucks his sister and he's a prick, but I just <laughs> like him. I don't know. It's, it's weird. Yeah, so do I. He's just, he, I don't know. There's just something about him. I can't yeah. not like him. And so, like you say, Cersei is one of my favorites and she always was. Yeah, the so, whole thing so she's awesome C- Cersei is the MVP of season 6 I can't wait to get to that yeah and then, that. so That's then we and so they obviously turn up and then we get the scene that mirrors episode 1 of season 8 where I is sort of in and out the crowd watching the king arrive which was cool that was a nice callback and um, Robert Baratheon arrives and he's I think he's brilliant yeah no, mm. I, I really enjoyed him the first time, and he's not letting down either this time. And the the, 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 the guy who plays him is a very good actor as well. I can't remember his name, but the best thing about his entrance was as he was going on the horse and he was coming into Winterfell. I was just thinking, how the, is he going to get off that horse? And then they just put some box next to him. <laughs> yes, he has to, steps to get down off of his horse because he's so fat. And then it's the joke that they make, just letting you know their relationship as well. I really like their relationship again. That's really nice to see. Well, yeah, Robert they're really just their mm-hmm. brothers. They just probably each other friends, best friends. They? Yeah. yeah. We'll get on to Ned in a little bit. I want to talk about him second to last. Uh, but Robert immediately wants to go down to the crypts to see Liana. And then that gave me all sorts of like chills. Mm-hmm. Even though, again, another an unsatisfying thing R plus L equals J. Uh, but I still loved it when he put the feather on there and you don't see that feather again till season eight. I love the long game and stuff like that. But again, Robert Baratheon, the guy who plays him, you just... And then knowing as well that Ned's keeping this secret. Yeah. It's just, it's just so good to watch. Even, you know, it is. Pretty... So let's get on to Ned then. So Ned Stark watch, because it is Ned's season. Season one is about Ned Stark. He gets the warning from the deserter that the white walkers are here and even though he talks says winter is coming all the time and we know what winter is coming it means the night king's coming to kill everyone not just the weather and he just ignores him and cuts his head off and to teach brown a lesson about passing sentence yeah and but i get what you mean I, i get it it's the same thing as what um, I said to Tiff earlier. We were trying to make notes for it as well. You see, at certain stages, he commands and he is the king of the north kind of thing. Like, I leave yeah, Winterfell, yeah, yeah. I'm in charge kind of thing. And then the rest of it, he just bitches the fuck out to Robert Baratheon and does whatever he says. Or, in this case, he just ignores things because he has to do certain things because he's tied to the throne and he has to um, lay down the punishment for the crime and that sort of thing. So it's very much a crown versus personal debate, internal struggle for him, I think. Yeah, he's a better sort of family leader and father and loyal to the North than he would be a leader of a kingdom. He doesn't do politics. Exactly, yeah, I think. But, but yeah, he's loyal to Robert and Mm -hmm. the crown. He's so, yeah, regarding like the ignoring of the of you know the the deserter who says you yeah. know the white walkers they're coming maybe, you know maybe it's just as simple as a denial he doesn't want to believe it but then yeah there, so you can uh, believe it yeah okay. just thinking then i don't know because like mike said he does keep saying winter is coming and does he really but does he really know what that yeah, means? or does he just I, literally yeah, mean I, winter I, I it's know. just been some long game of literally now the snow's coming the snow's yeah because yeah, it's been so long five thousand years and there's stories and he sort of knows about it. but again yeah it is it's because it's been so mm. long he 
he knows being on the wall can be crazy and whatever. Mm. And yeah, I suppose that's the point, though, the fact that no one believes it. It takes Jon Snow in season seven to even try. Well, and yeah, it takes people. years to convince them that it's actually a threat, yeah, doesn't it? Even though no one believes it. So yeah, no, it's good. But I just, yeah. So Ned Stark. Ned Stark. So then <laughs> let's talk about it a little bit because episode one was over an hour, which I didn't realize because I was watching it kind of thinking, okay. This is a really long episode. And then we go over to Pentos. Is that correct? I could be wrong. Pentos, sorry, yes. sorry yeah. listener, if I get that wrong. But we get Daenerys and her brother Viserys. And he's basically setting her out to Khal Drogo, the sexiest man in Westeros. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Danny's cool. Like, it's good to see the contrast to what she becomes and what she is now so young. But I... Th- I the problem with this storyline is it takes so long for her to get to Westeros. Yeah. It's cool it's cool to see that and how she grows. But one thing about watching it the first time around, I always liked Danny and the Dragons. But I just was kind of like, I just want her to get across the sea. So as yeah. soon as this comes on, even though it's cool to see Drogo again in this, you're going to see some cool moments. There's always a cool moment with Daenerys. But it was one that I was like, okay, I'm going to have to put up with this. Whereas I'm more interested in the stuff on, on Westeros. But she gets yeah, the gift of the dragon eggs. And I forgot that that was the first ever, first episode she gets them. So technically the dragons are in it from the start. No, and they foreshadow heavily yeah. with her as well in this episode with the whole getting in the bath while it's still ridiculously hot and stuff like that. And, it, yeah. and the fact when her brother looks at her and says, you don't want to awaken yeah. the dragon and it's like... No. Yeah, because oh, he thinks he's dragon. Yeah, because he, yeah. Hate, hate, yeah. Just a little note on Viserys, very, very good sniffing. Love him, brilliant. Very yeah, good. yeah, what she was yeah. Still hate him. Yeah, I think it, when we get to the end of this, one of the things that, like, what characters would you like to have seen come through the end, he'll definitely be in the conversation. 100%, yeah. Okay, so, that, so that's what happened in the episode. That's the run through. So now, Tiff, talk to us about Porn, whore, uh, porn Gore, and Hodor. <laughs> Right, okay. So this is the part of the show where I discuss oh just that, just the nastiest and and all gruesomest parts of the show. I'm just gonna get straight into it. See what I did there. (laughs) Right, okay. So I'm gonna start with the porn first, because you know, porn (laughs) and gore. So let's get the porn out of the way. So uh right. What you're saying is we finish on gore. Yeah, basically. So we'll finish on the on the good stuff. So um, we actually have to wait 30 minutes in until we see our first pair of boobies, until we see our face naked chick. And it also coincides with, you know, our meeting of Tyrion for the first time. Ah, okay, good. I'm glad you said that because we haven't spoken about Tyrion yet because I was hoping you'd talk about boobies. So yeah. <laughs> before we get more into the porn, like, Tyrion has a great introduction. He's a smarmy little dwarf with a big sausage shagging prostitutes and getting drunk and then obviously he has that conversation with john about dwarves and bastards and wearing his armor so again from the off uh, we love Tyrion. yeah agree yeah 100 yeah Tyrion's um, so, so yeah. yeah he is and may i just say regarding that little moment with Tyrion, um where he's you know getting his happy ending the sound effects <laughs> in that in that bit uh yeah i mean they're definitely there so that's that's the plus. <laughs> it's all this, you know, it's all in the details. Um, 
And three more naked chicks come in, courtesy of Jamie. So, you know, that's that's the end of that. Um, and then back to Daenerys. So that's our next bit of boobage. We meet her 35 minutes in, right? And then literally a minute later, 36 minutes in, she naked. And, and she I, naked. Obviously, she naked, but that's more sort of... It, it's not like... Well, yeah, well, I'm, get, well, well, I'm getting yeah, to that bit. Yeah, so the yeah, reason yeah. she's naked, so she's obviously about to get in the bath, that's fine. It's her brother that takes off her dress and he says to her, you've got a woman's body now and it's just very disturbing, very uncomfortable and just weird. Um, it's Targaryen though, isn't it? But yeah, it's just you, but it does serve a purpose. Like you said, like he, he plays that role very well, you know, like, and it sets you up, it sets us up to know that He's a wrong one, basically. Um, yeah, so that's that bit. And then, um, ah, so, then the next bit, 52 minutes in, we're at the Dothraki ceremony, right? Yeah. So they're all, so all the women, like, they've got all their boobies and they're all dancing around and it's very, very sexual with the way they move and dance and stuff. Now, I don't know if we're, whether, if we're as an audience, meant to believe that they are shagging because a lot of the women are on you know all fours and the men are basically taking in turns pulling each other off and you know but all their trousers are up so i said to james i was like well they're not actually like banging because their trousers are up so is this just a dry but then i did counter with don't you think that the thraki as they're kind of like that would have a, a nice little i don't know flap that they'll expose make it easy <laughs> easy access possibly you know? possibly i think it's more like yeah. tribal just like peacocking Shannon. this is how i'm gonna <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> look at my feathers. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, the idea of this segment is because a lot of people that haven't seen Game of Thrones are literally like, "Oh, it's just porn." So, yeah. first episode in, there's there's a couple of moments, but it is more story than porn, especially if you've already seen. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's a reason, and and there's a reason for this, like making air quotations, porn bit, especially the Dothraki, because there's. You know, it's it's all about character development, really, because they're showing us that these, you know, these people are they're barbarians, really, in a, in a way, um, and they do just care about like their violence and they're winning the wars and they're very yeah. So it it sets it up well. I think it works. Anyway, um, as one Dothraki pulls another one off a woman and proceeds to dry hump her to his heart's content, um, this actually leads us nicely into our first bit of gore or our first gory moment. That I'm going to mention. Um, so they proceed to fight um, these two guys, and they get you know it goes on for a few minutes. They have their swords or whatever, and they're fighting each other. And then you get the killer blow, which was awesome. He just takes his sword and he slashes it open, and then like all his innards and his intestines fly out, and there's a bit of blood, and it's it's it was juicy. That's, that's the word <laughs> I used. It was juicy. <laughs> yeah, it was juicy. Um, and it was just, I was just saying, it was summed up uh, brilliantly by the dude who's sitting next to Daenerys' brother, you know, the, the advisor guy, the guy they've been staying with. And he just delivers a great line. He just says, a Dothraki wedding without at least three deaths is considered a dull affair. <laughs> I just, just thought that was awesome. Um, so, yeah, our next uh, bit of uh, boobage, where are we? Ah, oh, 58 minutes in. So now we see uh, Daenerys and uh, Carl Drogo. Oh, yeah, this is grim. Yeah, about to, how do I put this, uh, consummate their marriage? Well, he was about to. Yeah, he was about to. Let's, let's go with that. Yeah. Um, 
on what looks like a fucking cliff's edge. Like it's really, I said to James, health and safety the time, nightmare. Look, health and safety nightmare. And it looks just so uncomfortable <laughs> and impractical <laughs> place to have sex. But why health would you choose there? <laughs> quite romantic apart from that. <laughs> well, well, yeah, apart from her face, maybe. <laughs> well, well, let me finish because I did write down in my notes, although the backdrop is the sunset on the ocean, so romance isn't dead after all. So uh yeah, as he so yeah, like uh, you say, it's not it's not nice to watch. We don't actually see it happen, which is nice. It cuts before you actually see anything, but he yeah. He doesn't want to, yeah, and forces he forces himself on her. Says no a lot of times. Pulls down her dress, and that's that. But in a sick, in a sick George R. R. Martin way, it's kind of this comes full circle later in the season where she takes control of the situation. So it is a horrible but key part of Tobias's yeah. character yeah. building. Which I'll get so, yeah. into in episode two. So stay okay, tuned so, for that. So, how many I, hodors do you rate the porn and gore? <laughs> Well, I'm not. Uh, there's, the one, there's one more bit of porn and gore. Well, okay, yeah. yeah. So, the very last scene. Uh, I'm just gonna keep this very brief. You know, very matter of fact. We see Bran climbing a tower, oh and he finds brother and sister, Percy and Jamie. They're fucking ew, disgusting, gross. But hey, from a performance point of view, um, they're obviously enjoying themselves. Clearly, so you know it, that that's all good. You you crack on. Um, yeah. <laughs> they realise. Yeah, the only time I know it's suggested, obviously throughout Game of Thrones, that Cersei does things with like nephews and cousins and other men. But this is the only really time we actually see, like, apart from the shame scene, that like we see Cersei Lana Headley in a sexual scene. Jamie? I think I have one or two because yeah, because don't they do it on fucking Joffrey's grave or on his fucking, uh, yeah, God, it, yeah. I think they doing it, but in terms of actually seeing like flesh on flesh, tea belly slapping kind of <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's the only good scene with Lena Headley, well, is that what we said? I suppose yeah. then okay, so before you do your your hodor rating, then Jamie gives well the line of the episode. Things I do for love. Yeah, the things I do for love and pushes him out the fucking window. I mean, Good. savage. Absolutely Good. savage. Yeah, quality ending to that episode. Goodbye, Bran. And just sets off this whole massive chain of some awesome events. So, yeah, how many hodors for the porn and gore? Um, oh, see, this, I'm going to do this because am I going to do like hodor rating for the porn and gore or just yeah, as the whole thing as general? All together. All together in terms of like blood, guts, and sex, I suppose. You know what I mean? Just based on that, join up. Blood, guts, and sex. I'm going to go with a. Red Wedding being a 10, let's say. (laughs) Right. I'm going to go with a 5 then. 5 out of 10. 5, yeah. I was mid. That's your mid mark. That's the only thing I don't. Oh. Really, I don't need to hit your mid mark too soon because there's some quite nasty stuff that happens as well. That's, that's almost bad and not quite as bad as the red wedding. You think think of longevity as well. The only thing I will offer is that some advice. Yeah, that's very true. Because well, I you, you can change it as a first. Sentence. Exactly. Yeah, you can do it. Yeah. It All right. Forward. Let's go a bit lower. Let's give it a four. Should, let's give it a okay, four. Yeah. Okay. okay. Sure, cool. yeah. Which is you know it might turn out to be fair. It's the first. Because with the gore, because the gore people in it was there were gory moments and there was the gory like, moments. I mean, five minutes into the episode, we see decapitated heads and a little girl, you know, impaled on a tree, and you know, with yeah. all the White Walker stuff. So it, the the gore itself was visually like really good. Okay. Um, yeah. Cool. yeah. 
So that was Paul Goran Hodor. So we, I've decided if you listen to our preview episode, I said we're not going to popcorn rate every episode, but I think we are. Otherwise, we aren't popcorn saga. Um, before we get to popcorn ratings and the decisive one MVP, I want to go to James. What did we call your section again? Not got a clue, if I'm honest. Right, I can't remember. The one-eyed raven. <laughs> one-eyed raven. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. The one-eyed raven. Or just, yeah, well, what are your thoughts on season one? I'm going one? to go now. Well, I mean... I'll, I'll 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 kind of recap it more than anything else. Is in the, my what came to me when I was viewing it because obviously, as you say, it's a rewatch. I'm very tainted because of season eight, and I'm coming to it from a different point. Like, so. Yeah, you're coming from a different point of view. Whereas I don't know. I I feel like I treat this Game of Thrones like an ex lover that mistreated mm-hmm. me, but I can't help but love. The kind of romantic side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because the way this made me feel, like especially the first ten minutes, I actually got like goosebumps like legit like i love this story i'm so happy to be back so it'd be interesting to see your view or hear sure so um it, it, i mean it's interesting i mean the only and fortunate things really mainly for the episode one is is the big resounding moments and the, really the things that they get wrong the things that they get wrong frustrated me beyond belief uh there's uh, a scene with Tyrion and the hound where the, the hound's burns on the wrong side of his face to the entire rest of the series. He has the right hand of his head with the burn on, where it's on its left hand for the entire rest of the series since then. And he's got a stupid helmet that's actually like a hound. It's fantastic, though. I, I think that's brilliant. That gets a buy from me, just because it, it opens up as well, and it's not a take-off helmet. It, you open it up, thing. It, it, I love a bit of showmanship. High fives okay. from me. To be fair, I love that. <laughs> I'll let him have it. <laughs> and then the most... Fr- Tyrion's hair... This episode was so fucked beyond belief in the fact of it was different every single time he was on screen. Not different in terms of just colour or just style. Both colour, style and length was completely different. The first time we see him is in the whorehouse. It's very straight. It's very much like a wig. It's very on his head. It's very tight. But there's no curls or anything like that. And it's shorter. And there's kind of black side mixed in and it's mainly blonde up top. Second time we see him with John, it's the, the Tyrion we know and love. It's the slightly darker, it's kind of a brown to a tinge because he's got mucky or whatever it is, but it's, it's kind of curled and it's off to the side. In and then the third time we see him, right, blonde again. In term, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> I was just going to try and defend it. And say, in terms of the timeline, from Rob getting the message the King is coming, a month passes, mm. and, then, and then they're there a couple of weeks before Bran gets pushed out the window. But how many times can Tyrion get his hair done? So fair enough. Yeah, that's my only gripe with it. And that was the most frustrating thing. Other than, um, I don't know, I can't remember what his character's name is, and you'll probably be able to help me, but Alfie. Oh, Lily uh, Allen's brother. Yeah, of course. Uh, Theon. Theon. Theon, yeah. I thought he was bad later on, but God, he's a little brown nose now, isn't he? That scene where they get the uh, the direwolves, and he's like, oh, I'll take orders from my, your father, not you. Fuck you, Alfie. Who are you talking yeah, but he's been... I'm glad you brought up Theon. It's another one we forgot to talk about. Like, I love seeing Theon again. And um, you, what happens to him with the Ramsey stuff? Yeah. Oh, it yeah. takes I'm that, to that. It takes that for you to actually 
find some sort of sympathy for him but in season one and two he's an absolute prick <laughs> yeah he really is yeah so uh, my name on the our discord chat now is hashtag fuck alfie because he really annoys me at the moment so he i feel like he's gonna be a recurring thing and that's probably gonna stem more from but uh, i hope i get to the end of a series one and probably the end of the entirety and i just do want to clap him and just i want his him as an actor to be able to take me through that character journey again where i don't like him kind of have some sympathy for him but he gets what he deserves and then at the end just standing next to bran and saving him for no reason and wasting his time wasting his arrows mate. yeah <laughs> it was good to see him and then okay anything else to say before we talk about joffrey and finish off no other than the fact that i actually really still like joffrey as well like, i liked him all the way through the beginning as well and he gets a, he's an honorable mention on the good side of things because i've done a lot of bad well i've said the bad things from now but he gets one up for me he's Brilliant. Think about it. The only bad things you've you found is a burn in the wrong place and Tyrion's hair. So I can actually, go into more details. So to actually, be fair. I could also talk like about the White Walkers are completely wasted and built up to be oh, imagery oh, yeah, that's being put in various places that just be nothing as well. Hold on, hold on. In terms of this episode, yeah. So, was there any more gripes with the story or? Well, yeah, the ending it hits hard now. Yeah, that's the only thing as well because it's like. Okay, it's kind of interesting getting into it again, but that thud of him hitting the ground at the end is a big thud into what's coming, and that's kind of ominous, and I don't know if it's bad or good at the end of episode one, but I am optimistic for episode two, so I look forward. Yeah, so, yeah, I think all in all, like, not a review, but episode one sort of, because I was a bit apprehensive. I was like, I don't want to take this for myself, mm. but there's enough in it that I'm willing to follow, and I'll just have to put up with the stuff I'm not phased, asked about. And in yeah. terms of Joffrey, we spoke about this in the group chat where Tiff was like, I hate the little fucker. And I think that's the point. I missed hating him. Mm. I saw him and I was like, there he is, the little bastard. <laughs> He's such my, a cunt. Yeah, he is. My man Joffrey. Okay, mm. right. So let's move on to our MVP. Popcorn. Oops, mm. effect. So, Tiff. Who are you putting forward for MVP? And by the end of this, we all have to come to, we have to decide on one. There can only be only one Highlander MVP, health and safety rep Tiff. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, do you know what? I'm going to go with, uh, with Ned. Ned Stark. Now, that will change because. Oh, yeah, just for this we, episode. Yeah, just for this episode. Just, just for this episode. What's the case was, for this episode? Go it on. was nice to see him again. Like James said earlier, he just commands. Like he's just Sean Bean. Is yeah, yeah, Sean Bean. He's, he's just a ledge, and I just, I really, and I, I f forgot how much I really liked him, um, and okay. in, enjoyed his performance. So yeah, he's my MVP. Okay, James, who's yours? Respect for Ned, because, yeah, I liked him, but he did, towards the end of the episode, more than anything else, he, like, I wasn't a massive fan of him. But Robert Baratheon, for me, is the, well, think, is deserving of a shout. He is very good whenever he's on screen. He works well as a king. He commands the, uh, the room when he's in it, when he speaks. So, yeah, I'd probably say him. Yeah, I'm sort of torn between Robert Baratheon and Jamie Lannister. Sure. Because Jamie again is quite commanding, mm. but I, th I think for this episode, I'm going to have to say Robert Baratheon. He's it's all about the King's arrival. He's very impactful, and he's one of the first things I wanted to talk about. And uh, I guess it, the feather on Liana and just 
No one watched Cabin. Like the the romantic yeah. in me, my love affair with Thrones. It's King Robert. Like we don't get enough of that man for Game of Thrones, but it sort of all circles around like him being fat shit king, basically. <laughs> basically, yeah. So, so as it's two to one, honourable mention for Ned, but that decides it, I guess. Robert Baratheon is the MVP of one. So now the fun part that everyone looks forward to, where we get the calculator out. We ain't done this in a while, <laughs> and we do the popcorn rating and. Because there's a lot of episodes, I don't want to think too hard about it and discuss, oh, I gave this one an eight or this one a seven. Mm. Just based, without thinking about anything else, my enjoyment of this episode, one negative thing I say is, might be because I've seen it before, but it was it went on quite long, over an hour. Like After about 45 minutes, I was like, okay, I'm game for this, but okay, I get... Mainly the Danny stuff. So that yeah. down yeah. a bit for me. But because it made me want to carry on watching and it had a lot of nostalgia, I'm going to give it a 6.5. So between good and worth a watch. So 6.5 from me. Hmm. Tiff? Um, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with 6. Yeah, it's worth a watch, yeah. It's worth getting into. Yeah. James? Two. <laughs> no, not quite that bad. No, what's the one? Uh, so five's good. What's four? Uh, four, five's okay. Four is meh. Four's meh. Yeah, no, it's a four. I was good. Uh, like, what I would give it on a scoring system rather than our scoring system would be a five. It's it good. It gets me invested for some things, and it gets me interested. I'm looking forward to certain characters and certain journeys and relationships more. But then there's also very much tinges of oh no, this leads nowhere. This is shit. You die soon. <laughs> Or whatever. So, yeah, it's that bang in the middle. It's four. It's meh. Okay, so instead of dividing it up this time, because there's loads more episodes, I'm going to do it out of 30 popcorns. Okay. So, so all added together, it's 16.5 out of 30. Fuck it, we'll do it that way. Whatever. So divide it by three just for the sake of the listener. That would be a 5.5, so it's between okay and worth a watch. But 30 popcorns because there's more episodes. That makes sense. That works. Six, yeah, we happy with that? Yeah. Okay, we can always change it. But 16.5 popcorns for episode one. Okay, so. Episode two. What is episode two called? Episode two is called... Where are we? So Nick, Nick, while James just finds out, I think next week, Tiff, I'm going to ask, or next episode, I'm going to ask you to look at, or whenever you see one, health and safety issues, not through a set point, but through like in the actual story. So if, someone, okay. so if someone's not standing on the bottom of a ladder or, you know. All right, so yeah. Episode, <laughs> episode two is called The King's Road, yeah. uh, original release date, April 24th, 2011, where the Lannisters put to ensure Bran's silence. John and Tyrion head to the wall. And Ned faces a family crisis en route to the King's Road. I look forward to it, as should you listen up. Uh, so, yeah, thank you, Tiff and James, for coming to Westeros with me. Sure. <laughs> I, I look forward to this journey. It's going to be Do awesome. I. It is. Okay, all right. It's a goodbye from me. Uh, I can't think of anything fun to say. Uh, what should I say <laughs> myself? Uh, goodbye from me. Uh, I'm a bastard. <laughs> oh, I'm a bastard too. <laughs> yeah, no. 
Good boy for me. I'm actually not a bastard, so that'll be my good boy. I'm the only one who's not a bastard. No, no, you are. I'm not. Tiff is. You're a bastard. I am. I'm a bastard. So you're, yeah, get out of it. You're not in our house no more. Okay. So before we go then, Tiff, you're off to the wall. Uh, I, I can see James living in King's Landing, actually. <laughs> yeah, so could I. <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, I'd, I don't know. I suppose I'd be Ned Stark's bitch or something. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> You'd be Theon. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> don't cut my dick off. <laughs> Stop that recording. So there you have it, guys. Thank you for listening. Season 1, Episode 1 of Game of Thrones, Winter is Coming, is in the bag. Now, the best way for our podcast to grow is for you to tell a friend. Tell your friends about Popcorn Saga if you enjoy it. Follow us on Instagram at Popcorn underscore Saga. Twitter at The Popcorn Saga. Facebook, The Popcorn Saga. And anywhere you get your podcast, the link is in the bio in all our social media. And will be in the bio section of each episode of the podcast again thanks for listening and we'll see you next time on Pop Team Saga Can't do that out here. It's a health and safety hazard. Yes. Uh, please move. And you, Mr. Drogo.